I'm Kate Morthland, and thank you for joining us on The Council Covers It, a podcast created by the Illinois Life and Health Insurance Council. Insurance is paramount to the health and wellness of Illinois employers, citizens, and families alike. While critical, the world of insurance can also be daunting and difficult to comprehend. We seek to create understanding by wading through that confusion presented with life and health insurance policies and topics in Illinois. Join us as we dive into some of the state's most pressing insurance issues on The Council Covers It. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Council Covers It. I'm your host, Kate Morthland, and today we are celebrating September a little late as Life Insurance Awareness Month. And I feel that to properly celebrate this occasion, we need a special guest that can explain, demystify, and discuss the necessity of life insurance in order to protect your families and loved ones from financial uncertainty. And lucky enough, we have just the man for the job today. So Chris Allen has been serving as a financial advisor with Northwestern Mutual since June of 2018. Prior to that, Chris was a graduate of Greenville University and a graduate of Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. During his time at Southern, Chris worked as a graduate teaching assistant for the kinesiology and health education department. This experience created an anchor of coaching and teaching in his life. Being from a family of educators, Chris began to explore opportunities to help others in their pursuits of both personal and professional wellness. So as a former collegiate soccer player, personal trainer, and two-time Ironman triathlon finisher, Chris now works at Northwestern Mutual in Springfield, Illinois, where he gets the opportunity to coach people personally, professionally, and financially on the daily. Chris has a passion for leadership, coaching, growth, and his local community. He believes that any journey to change starts with a decision. So, wow, Chris, that's an impressive bio. Thank you for being on our show today. How are you? I'm well, Kate. I'm humbled. Uh, you make me sound way more exciting than I actually am. So. You are very exciting. I can assure <laughs> you that. So, Chris, I want to level set our conversation today by um, first stating how important it is to take the time to assess and plan for your financial future in a time where mostly everything is uncertain from interest rates to student loans. I feel like many American families are chasing their tail when it comes to planning and maintaining a budget. So everything seems to be changing on the daily and the fluidity of this is not only terrifying, but it's also extremely exhausting. Hello, high levels of burnout. We know that we can control our futures by taking some financial steps today. And as I'd mentioned, last month was Life Insurance Awareness Month. So I think we need to discuss the fundamental truth that planning financial steps will give you more control in an uncertain and sometimes unpredictable world. So in order to talk to us about these steps, as well as lay an educational foundation, Chris, I would like to ask the expert some questions about financial planning. So to start, let's just start with the basics. What is the first thing an individual should do when organizing their finances in order to choose how to invest effectively? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So thinking about that, 
I think oftentimes when we think about planning or we think about budgeting, I mean, the first thing to do is to keep the end game in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're looking at household expenses, knowing what you're bringing in after taxes on a monthly basis, Mm -hmm. and the first place to figure that out is your pay stub, whether you're getting paid weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, um, knowing where money is going prior to receiving your paycheck, and then that bold number, the after-tax dollar and out the net income, and being able to look at that, whether you're a single individual or you're living with somebody and you're combining expenses, knowing that number and knowing where those lines are going, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. So know your numbers. I think the second thing, and you already hit the nail on the head, it is creating a budget. Mm-hmm. So once you figure out what your net income is, how much, you're, what you're actually seeing going into your your checking um, and or your savings account, it's then being able to figure out okay where where's the money actually going. Um, in my experience, it's interesting because a budget sounds simple, and I think it's just maybe the most basic thing we often overlook. It's where is the money actually going? Right. Um, and a lot of times just knowing where the money is going and being able to account for that, it actually solves a lot of issues. Um, the ability to be able to save, the ability to be able to invest long-term um, can be figured out just simply by creating the budget. So I'd say number two, create the budget. And then the, the final thing is, is, again, starting with the end game in mind, I'm coming all the way back to the beginning, create planning goals. Um, mm-hmm. so depending on your situation, where you are personally, professionally, or financially, those are going to evolve and change all the time. And I think that's where having an advisor, having a coach, having somebody to help you navigate, um, inevitable change. Uh, my wife and I, we just had our second child. Um, so, you know, being in that stage of life, things are changing all the time, whether it be childcare. Um, whether it be needing to reevaluate insurance, reevaluate how you save money. So, yeah, I, I would say those are the big three. Know your numbers, uh, create a budget, and then knowing what's important to you, creating goals for yourself, whether they be short-term, mid-term, um, and long-term. Absolutely. And congratulations publicly for your growing family. That's Thank you. awesome. Um you had mentioned creating a budget. I know many people are overwhelmed by creating a budget, but there is some truth to the fact that once it is created, it's a bit, uh, it's, I guess you can just breathe a little easier. So go, I know it's scary, but create your budget and know where your money's going. That's fantastic advice. Um, you mentioned your your family is growing. I'm talking to another millennial and you know, the millennials right now, they're going through some pretty, um, interesting changes right now. So we're buying houses, we're having babies, we're getting married. So my next question to you, Chris, is how should you plan if you expect your life to change in a major way within the year? Another really good question. Um, (laughs) It's, it's funny. And I, I like to, I like to story tell. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, thinking about exiting COVID, exiting 2020, uh, my wife and I had our first child in May of 2020, so we were home. Yeah. Um, we weren't traveling. We weren't spending money. We we had a lot of time at home and, and able to, it, it seemed like we were just saving money naturally because we were home and we weren't doing the the extra extra things. Well, you know, fast forward two years later and life gets expedited. We're trying to make up for, for lost time and, you know, we, we have our second child. So um, 
you know, in sitting down in the early part of this year, um, my second daughter was born in May. We really started to, to break down, you know, what our expense is going to look like. You know, we were planning on moving at the same time. We moved in February. So we had multiple changes going on. Um, you know, one of the things that we did, we, we sat down, we looked at our budget. We were trying to estimate expenses based on the things that we already knew. Um, so daycare expense, mortgage expense, um, trying to, you know, get, get the idea of what the crystal ball was going to look like for us. So I would say, again, first plan if you can. Okay. Um, it's not going to be perfect. At the end of the day, though, at least having an, an estimation or an idea of what things could look like is better than not having an idea at all. Um, mm -hmm. And I would also say too, maybe maybe plan to um, over overestimate. It's better to overestimate than, than underestimate and, and, and be, be off in that way. So with that being said, um, the unexpected things, right? Um, creating an emergency fund. I know that sounds maybe even a little cliche, like, you know, duh, Chris, of course you want to have <laughs> more money on hand if you can. Yeah. Um, but, but the idea of that is too, with, with a lot of things changing and navigating, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, medical bills, um, if it's uh, you know the hospital bill or if it's uh, a piece of equipment in your home, i.e. the oven, um, radiator, air conditioner. Um, you know, we had the perfect storm this summer. We had a baby. We, uh, we ended up having COVID in our home. Uh, our oven stopped working oh, no. and then our air conditioner, um, it froze. I didn't realize that an air conditioner could freeze from overworking, but in the, uh, the midst of the uh, central Illinois heat that in fact happened. So wow. with all that being said, um, planning ahead, knowing what the emergency fund looks like. And again, I think the emergency fund, it's going to be different for everybody. Everybody's going to have a threshold that they feel most comfortable with. I typically prescribe um, in having conversations with people, you know, have, have fixed expenses for the decade you are in life. So if you're in your mid thirties, you know, three and a half months of fixed expenses, that's probably going to fit the bill unless that doesn't make you feel comfortable. Right. Um, so in, in most cases, most people, if, if they're going through a job change or if something is, is looking at recycling, potentially, if they're going to make a change, you know, three and a half months is usually a good, it, it's usually a good bar. Again, though, as you get older, later in life, um, you know, tendency would be there too to, to have a little bit more money on hand, um, just in case things do become a little bit more unexpected. So whether it's healthcare concerns, um, costs in general, maybe it's a move. Um, so with that being said, yeah, three, and again, I think that's different for all planners and advisors, um, but three to six months, it's a, it's, it's a good benchmark to, to go off of. Um, and then I think the final thing there too, is, is if you can, um, you know, eliminate unnecessary expenses kind of goes back to the budget. Um, there, there are things that traditionally we, uh, we spend money on. We don't even realize we're spending money on, yes. <laughs> um, i.e. hobbies or, you know, going out to eat or just spending time with friends. So, um, I think overall those three, and then I think it's just a good time as well to revisit the financial plan when you have a major, um, you know, a major expense is going to be coming, whether it's a, a new child or a wedding, a new home purchase, a new car purchase, yeah. those would all be college funding. Those would mm -hmm. all be opportunities to, to go back and say, Hey, maybe it's time to do this. And you don't need to do that all the time, but I would say at least twice a year, 
mm -hmm. six month mark. And then for sure on an annual basis, go back, revisit it. Um, make sure that you're still on track to those goals that you set out when you first started. Okay. So like cleaning your teeth, go get your teeth cleaned twice a year, go, you know, look at your budget twice a year. That's a great analogy. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, um, you know, you go to the doctor, mm -hmm. you know, in some instances, you know, depending on where you are from a health status, you're going twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, the dentist, for sure, you're recommended to go twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say the same thing as a, you know, with a financial planner or advisor, go see your planner or advisor, you know, twice a year, put it on the calendar. If it, if nothing's going on, that's fine. At least you're touching base and right. you're, you're maintaining the relationship. Um, and, and that's really where it comes down to. It's just the comfort level to, to be able to open up your own financial plan and just get a diagnostic check. You yeah. know, people get insurance on their car, right? Um, they get insurance on their home. Yeah. Um, they get it insurance on their health. Yeah, I know it's, it, that's a man, fantastic point, Kate. So, okay. Well, great. So you mentioned, you know, budget out three and a half months of fixed expenses. We're talking about these, these times, um, you know, when we're having babies, you know, getting married, traveling a lot, buying houses, but one thing millennials, and I think a lot of the younger generation and, you know, myself used to be included, was planning for retirement. We cannot see in front of our nose, it seems like, when we're planning for retirement. So how, in, in the space of life insurance, how can life insurance products be used to help people in retirement? Oh, um, that's good. So, you know, thinking about, I, I feel like it's just, it's, it's important to unpack life insurance first. Um, yeah. so really, and I mean, there's, there's all, there's to, to simplify it. I think there's, there's two types of insurance that typically get brought up. So the first is this term insurance. Mm -hmm. And the second is, is whole, whole life insurance or permanent insurance. Mm -hmm. So term insurance, um, to, to simplify it for people, think of term insurance, like renting. Yep. So essentially you're paying a premium for insurance, um, that it, it won't increase in value and it, it won't, will not decrease in value as long as you're paying your premium. But essentially that will only pay out if you die, which is a, it's a morbid conversation itself, but it's the reality of the situation. So right. term insurance, the bulk of, um, uh, of people, and I'm yeah, early thirties pushing into my mid thirties quickly. I would say the, the, the bulk of, of my insurance planning is in term insurance in okay. fact. So it's to cover debt. It's to cover the, the, what if I'm not here to make sure right. my wife and, and my daughters are taken care of in, in the instance that I'm not here. The other is, is the, it's the flip side. So the idea that you can choose to own insurance or choose to own a policy or own coverage, and that's permanent insurance or whole life insurance. Um, so in retirement planning, we look at permanent insurance as, as a tool. So number one, it's a, it's a tax-free vehicle. Uh, in most instances, when you die, that will pay, be paid out tax-free to your beneficiaries. So that's, that's number one. Number two, it can be used for long-term care purposes with a rider. Mm -hmm. So if something were to happen, and again, we look at insurance the way that it's based on age and it's based on health. Um, those are the two major instances. And if we're unpacking life insurance itself, so getting a policy today, it probably is going to be 
you know, maybe the most cost-effective policy you're ever going to purchase. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, what the statistics are on it, but I would say probably as people get into their 40s and their 50s, they're not as healthy as they were in their 20s and their 30s. Mm-hmm. So getting as much insurance as you can, um, as early as you can, that's going to be the most cost-effective purchase you'll 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 ever ever buy probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, getting back to the original, I think I think that stages it. So getting back to the original question, how does it help with retirement? There is in permitted insurance a living benefit. And when you're looking at rules, so in your 401k or in an IRA, there, there are rules. The IRS assigns a 59 and a half rule, which means with that rule, um, at age 59 and a half or before 59 and a half, you cannot access the money without there being a penalty associated with it. Okay. So that's that's the first one, the 59 and a half rule. With life insurance, there is no 59 and a half rule with permanent insurance. So that money can be accessed tax-free on a loan basis with without penalty. Okay. The second one is in your 401k or IRA, in an individual retirement account for, for an IRA, there are limits. There are limits to the amount of money that you can put into those accounts on an annual basis. In permanent insurance, there is no limit to the contribution you can put into it on an annual basis. Okay. And I think the third distinction is when you're looking at benefit or when you're looking at accessibility, this is also something you can continue to contribute to after you retire if you choose to. Where with a 401k or a traditional IRA, once you have stopped working, in most cases, you can no longer contribute to those accounts. Okay. So three big ones. And I would say the final one, which is, I think this is the most important one, and this is where we're currently at with the the state of the market right now. In most instances, retirement accounts unless it's a defined pension plan, there's there's a couple other exceptions that it may not be tied to the stock market. 401k IRAs are tied to the market. Yep. Now you can make, you know, differentiating portfolio, you can change the portfolio from, from aggressive to more conservative. There's, there's ways that you can change those factors, but permanent insurance, whole life insurance, you're taking a step out of the market and you're looking at it from a from a standpoint of this is a long-term play that I'm removing myself. I'm taking a portion of my planning outside the stock market for insurance purposes, for living benefit, while also understanding that in most cases, there's going to be a tax-free benefit for my beneficiaries, which most importantly, you're building legacy and generational wealth by doing that. Right. So, so just to recap what you said, term insurance is mostly for, you know, the, the what ifs in order, um, basically renting a house is perfect analogy here. So it's basically covering you for a certain amount of time and that does not increase or decrease, um, if you pay your premium, whereas permanent life insurance is more, can be used as a tool later in life to build generational wealth and in order to, um, protect yourself a little bit in retirement. Am I correct in that assumption? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So 
what are some certain ways, and I guess this is this is targeted more in permanent ins- insurance, um, that you can utilize certain life insurance products in order to secure your finances. So I'm talking about maybe borrowing against the policy. I know you touched on it a little bit. With, if you need to withdraw a cash value, um, what are some different ways you can you can utilize those type of products? Sure. Yeah. So we we use the example a lot with with business owners or or individuals who are are looking to um you know i think a good example probably along the lines of like real estate that's a that's a that's a pretty good example so when the market took a downturn in 2020 okay banks were not loaning money the way they were mm-hmm. However, if you have a policy, a permanent insurance policy that has cash value in it, you can use cash value out of your policy. You can look to get involved in a you know, potential real estate venture. And again, I'm not recommending this to anybody, right? I'm just using this <laughs> right. as an example. I'm right. putting the disclaimer out there right now. Mm-hmm. You can look to use cash value. Once you have the cash back, Again, you get the opportunity to replace that money back into your permanent policy. Okay. So real estate would be one example. Um, you know, an, another example would be if you're looking at borrowing money mm-hmm. and the interest is less on your permanent policy, then it would be to go out and get a loan from another third-party entity. It might make sense in that case to take a loan out of your permanent life insurance policy mm-hmm. and then strategically, again, look to pay that money back over the time period. And, uh, and again, the way the way that structure works, it, it would be dependent on the situation and the individual. Um, but those would be two examples that you could use permanent living benefit um, you know, to your advantage in those situations. Absolutely. So... I want to go all the way back to the beginning. You said sure. we're budgeting. We need to look at that bold number after taxes are taken out. And for some, um, for some people that are of again the millennial age or older or younger that are high earners, taxes are going to be an important factor to factor into your financial planning. So, can you explain how some of these life insurance products? how taxes work within them, either you mentioned earlier that some were tax-free. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit and explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when we think about where the market is going and and no one has a crystal ball, we don't know what the market's going to do. Um, We don't know necessarily what tax brackets are going to do, but we do have history. Okay. So we can look back at history and we can say, okay, here's what the market has done over the last 120 years. So um, again, I don't know (laughs) what the market's going to do. I don't know what tax brackets are going to do. I would say most people that we we work with and we speak with, um, most experts would say tax brackets are are going to go up. So what does that mean for us? Um, Ultimately, it means that when we retire, if we are in the highest tax bracket we've ever been in mm-hmm. um, and potentially living on a fixed amount of, of income or a fixed amount of an investment, 
It, down market situations do matter. Okay. So having money that we can access outside of the stock market to leverage down market situations is incredibly critical. So having tax efficiency, the ability to be able to access money tax-free, um, you know, and the vehicle that you can do that in, if you have the, the opportunity to, to, to access Roth, Roth is, is a great way to, to, to save the day for retirement tax-free. Um, you know, what Roth looks like though, um, moving forward, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, life insurance, we do know, again, tax-free benefit. If it's not tied to the stock market, we know that that can accumulate in a safe way. Um, so we can offset a lot of that market volatility that I think people, especially as they get into their 50s and their 60s, things that they're trying to avoid long term. Um, you know, we can 20s, 30s, 40s, we can I think we can stomach a little bit more risk, right? We I think I, I like roller coasters. I don't know if you like roller coasters. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah. So I think I think most people like roller coasters, you know, mm-hmm. 20s and 30s and 40s. But as we get older, um, we we tend to to, to like things a little bit more safe. Yeah. Um, we like, we want to preserve a little bit more. And I, I think diversification early, that's, that's the biggest thing. If we diversify early, it's going to give us more options later on in our, in our later years, as, especially when we're making decisions about when, um, when we retire, how much after tax income we want to retire with, um, that safety of, uh, of income moving forward is, is it, it's a critical component to, to the planning process. Sure. And I love your examples through this whole podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so my last question for you, Chris, and you kind of talked about how, you know, before you need to look into all of these different products, you need to sit down, you have to set goals. So I guess how important is it to understand retirement products and how are these retirement products different in relation to what goals you want to set? Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so, you know, for most people, um, again, I think that the number, probably the number one vehicle for saving for most people is their 401k. Okay. Um, the, the second vehicle is probably their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that not in all instances, um, but I, I would say in most instances that, that that is true. So if you're saving all of your money, in your 401k and you're retiring, you're saying I'm okay being tied to the market for my financial, for, for my financial life. Um, and, and again, 401k, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's a good place to maybe segue to when we talked about asset allocation earlier, most 401ks are going to be tied to what we call a target date. So that target date is going to move gradually yes. and become more conservative mm-hmm. as you get closer to retirement. Now, with that being said, um, it, it leaves you, again, with, with that safety because it's moving more conservative. But I think what we're finding in, in a high inflation environment as well is that conservative portfolios aren't actually matching the rate of inflation currently. Okay. So... Again, what we need to be cognizant of is what are our goals? How much income do we want to retire off of between now, when we retire, and once we retire, potentially how long we're going to live? One of the questions I ask people 
um, is, you know, how long do you think you're going to live? And, and, and most people, surprisingly enough, say when they get to their 80s, they, you know, they it's, it's all about condition of health, right? Yeah. But the reality is, is that we do have to plan for, for periods. So you're in your first period of life. If we're using a hockey analogy now, the first period is zero to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the startup phase. You're figuring out where you want to do. It's the education phase. And, and now we, we've navigated. Now, 30 to 60, that is, that, that's, we're, we're navigating professional. We're navigating life. We're deciding whether or not we want to become parents. Um, you know, or if we're, you know, what's important to us essentially in our careers and our futures. And then 60 to 90, it's the third period. And, and that's where we really have to look at, okay, you know, what have we done? What have we done the first 60 years of our life to get us to this point? What's important to us now? What, yeah, what, what are the fears? What's the comfort level of, do we believe we're going to be able to actually, you know, live within what we've saved for and not outlive our income? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably the the biggest concern with people that, that I'm speaking with or, or working with um, at this point in time, we're in their sixties. It's just, you know, making sure that they have enough money to, to not outlive their income in retirement. Um, and that all starts again, there's no better time to plan Kate than today. Absolutely. So it, it doesn't matter if you're 21 and you're just starting your first job or if you're, you're 31 and you're buying your first home or, you know, you're, you're 51 and you're thinking about retirement. There's no better time to start having the conversation than today. And if you haven't had that conversation, you know, just be brave enough to do it. That, that would be my best piece. If, if you take nothing else away from my, my rambling today, <laughs> uh, just be brave enough to have the conversation today with somebody that you trust. Or yeah. if, if you don't know somebody at this point, go, go seek those resources. And it's also okay to not know everything. That's why there are people like you to help advise. So 100%. Yes. Just be aware of how important life insurance is and act on it. And you're already a couple steps ahead of everyone else. So sure. Well, um, Chris, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to explain just how important these products are, not only to protect yourself against any uncertainty, but also to protect your family and your and your family and your future. So life insurance may seem like something many Americans might want to put in the backseat due to, like you said, inflation, bills, a tough economy. However, um, planning essentially puts you back in the driver's seat, giving you the autonomy to live with just a little bit more certainty in this uncertain world that we live in right now. So we could use any and all of that. So thank you for your time and your expertise. Your knowledge is truly invaluable for someone that has no idea what they were walking into for this podcast. And now they understand a little bit more about life insurance. So we do appreciate your time. Do you have any final remarks for us today? Uh, yeah, I would just say again, um, you know, thinking about the, the plan as a whole, right? I think there's there's a lot of you know, and can be uncertainty day to day, week to week, month to month. Um, it all starts with a plan, and again, it's a decision. It's a decision to have a plan. Mm-hmm. So whether it's financial planning or whether it's a health and fitness goal. Um, you know, making the decision to have a plan and, and to go after that goal. You know, if you if you do nothing else today, just take one step towards that, whatever that step may be. I love that. So 
Um, Chris, if anyone has any questions or they would like to get a hold of you to discuss maybe some next steps of their own, how can they contact you? Yeah, so they can contact me uh, via email. And uh, my email is chris, C-H-R-I-S, dot B as in boy, dot Allen, A-L-L-E-N, at N-M, N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, dot com. Um, and then another place that you can look to connect, you can actually connect uh, with uh, myself or, or any of our advisors uh, at northwesternmutual.com slash office slash IL for Illinois slash Springfield. So again, I'm based out of the Springfield, Illinois office. Um, and yeah, and that's, those are two great places to, uh, to connect. So would, uh, would love to hear from people. We'd love to hear some feedback from this great. podcast as well. Perfect. And we'll make sure to link Chris's profile as well as his information in Northwestern Mutual's information on our show notes. So you do not have to go hunting for it. You can simply scroll down on your Apple podcast or Spotify or any platform you use and just click the link to make it easier for you. So for Illich, um, remember to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is IL underscore LHIC. In order to stay up to date on all things life and health insurance, also subscribe to the Council Covers It so you do not miss a critical episode like this one with Chris. Lastly, check out our website at www.ilhic.com. Chris, it's been real. It's been fun. And dare I say, it's been real fun. So thank you for being on today and discussing um, the importance of life insurance and the other products to protect our financial future. Thank you, Kate. Appreciate you. And we will catch you next time on another episode of The Council Covers It. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to subscribe and rate the podcast in order to stay up to date on episodes as we explore various life and health insurance policies and topics in Illinois. We hope you join us again on The Council Covers It.